Hello, welcome to the Slewcast, the Elkhorn Slough Foundation podcast. Elkhorn Slough is one of California's last great coastal wetlands. We see Elkhorn Slough and its watershed protected forever, a working landscape where people, farming, industry, and nature thrive together. Here on the Slewcast, we'll explore Elkhorn Slough together, build community, and share stories of the special place. Welcome! Bienvenidos, everyone! This is our first episode in 2024. Happy you're here with us. We're in for a good one. I want you to do a little bit of imagining with me. I want you to imagine driving down Highway 1 towards Santa Cruz. Just past the mouth of the slough, you see the ocean on the left see the birds flying. Maybe you saw some otters from the bridge. And you continue driving for a couple minutes. You start seeing some fields. Maybe they got some strawberries. Uh, You've been seeing some Brussels sprouts in the fields. Now, before you get to Salinas Road, you notice now that there are a lot more ag fields on both your left and right hand side. Between the ocean, the ag fields, and the slough, there's a property that the foundation owns. It's called the Cowell property. This episode, we're going to be talking and learning from Cameron Chow, our newest stewardship specialist at the foundation. And in this episode, we're going to be moving like water. Starting from the top, when you first enter that property, and we make our way down all the way to the slough. We're going to be learning about what a goalie is. Erosion has a big impact, not only on the water quality of the Elkhorn Slough, but what happens on the land? Obviously, erosion is the same issue we dealt with at Sand Hill Farm. You know, we, if you remember that episode, that had huge impact on the water quality of Alcorn Slough. It's the gradual process that happens when water, or when, but in this case, it's water, when water's present and it's removing soil and causing the soil to deteriorate. As you'll learn, this is a problem for the whole ecosystem, for all the different species, for habitats. And Cameron's gonna show us how we fix it. At the same time, we're gonna learn a lot about Cameron. Listos? Vamonos. Hello everyone. My name is Cameron Chow. I'm the stewardship specialist for the Elkhorn Slough Foundation, and I've been a land steward here for eight months. So pretty new to the land here, but um, learning learning a lot so far. The land has just has humbled me, has made me feel like a piece of a bigger puzzle, pretty much. Like it's not all about what's going on, you know, in in the human world. There's a lot more going on other than that. Yeah. We are at the Cowell property. 
This is a property that we worked on a lot this fall. It's uh, situated very close to the slough, um, just upslope from some salt marsh. And we are standing at sort of the top of the property right now, um, looking out over the road. There's also a sort of channel that has been incised by um, water runoff above the property. And we're looking down into it. Um, it's a steep drop off and it's uh, where we've been doing a lot of work. And as you can hear around us, there's a lot of wildlife here, definitely a lot of birds. We've heard coyotes here at night and it's pretty densely vegetated aside from the road. Uh, the road is where we've done a, a lot of work. It needed some love and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep walking down right now. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's a pretty majestic entrance, you know, getting to walk around and be able, you know, it just feels like a grand entrance. Um, but gosh, we came on a good day. So many birds chirping, so much wildlife to see. That was Paola. If you remember from the last episode, I mentioned that Paola was going to be helping out with producing the podcast. Well, that's her. Now, the cow property is very different from the first time I saw it. I actually saw it probably the first week that Cameron was on the job. And I mean, just the difference of what it is now. It's pretty dramatic, so you're going to learn a lot more about that. This is this is pretty dramatic in front of us right now. So we're looking at this this eroding gully, and I guess even just to say what an eroding gully is, mm. it's um, a channel in the land. So think of not a flat surface, but a surface that's um, incised. So maybe more of a V shape, like a cut, like a cut. Totally. It's cutting through the ground and that is caused by surface water moving through at a rapid pace and pulling sediment with it. And the more water that comes through, it's going fast. It's at an angle. It's down slope. And yeah, it's, it has been actively eroding for a very long time now. And what we have in front of us is a very, very large gully. It's probably, you know, two school buses wide and maybe like maybe two school buses tall we'll say that mm. like it's it's very large it's very dramatic what tree is this so this tree right here we have a little clump of their elm trees uh -huh. um, they're not a native tree but they're also not super invasive so they are important in this gully because they're holding the roots of the trees hold sediment together mm -hmm. our grand plan for this is hopefully to have oaks doing that same job. We do have some oaks lining this gully. I mean, they're on the edge right of the gully. The Their roots are exposed. They're holding the soil there. But yeah. It's pretty dramatic. It's so dramatic. It's a harsh environment for these oaks. I mean, it's pretty impressive. They're holding it together. And I think without them, um, this gully would probably be significantly wider. Oaks holding it together. <sighs> Love it. That's why I love native plants. You know, oaks have adapted to the land for thousands of years. So they, they're able to 
survive harsh environments. So like an oak, who's a person in your life that holds you in hard times? Just a question to think about. Well, back to the story. You know, a lot of people, believe it or not, don't fully know what land stewardship is. So what is land stewardship and what does it mean to you? Totally. That's a great question. So land stewardship, the, there is a whole host of different things and it depends on a lot. So for us at Elkhorn Slough Foundation, it depends on things like what property we're at. Um, what time of year it is, what the weather is like that time of year, so seasons. And yeah, for us, stewardship is sort of taking care of the land. We work a lot in the hills surrounding the Elkhorn Slough, and we do things like vegetation management. Um, that can entail removing invasives. We do restoration work, which could be um, planting native plants. Uh, we do things like trying to improve amphibian habitat. And we're also responsible for general maintenance of the properties, such as maintaining roads, uh, maintaining infrastructure, and maintaining property boundaries. And I guess, yeah, another good example of what stewardship is, is especially in the Elkhorn Slough, is erosion control is another big thing that we, we try to take care of. Yeah, so down, what, what we're looking at from up here, um, down into the gully, we're seeing a whole lot of woody debris, and it kind of looks like a mess, but that's sort of the purpose. And underneath that mess, there is a sort of true structure, a what, what has been called level log. This is something that uh, our landsteward Ken Collins has done in the past at Porter Ranch. Um, we had a smaller sized goalie there and yeah, it, it, it's pretty much, we dig out some of the sides of the channel to key in a sort of as wide of a diameter log as we can find, in this case, eucalyptus, putting them in flush using a laser level so that they're uh, fully level with the, with the surface. Mm. And from there, we're stacking more logs on top of that, consolidating it pretty much just given the water as hard of a time as possible mm -hmm. to pass through. Mm -hmm. And some of the goals are that of that is to, yeah, slow down the water, slow down the runoff of the water and the sediment. And we're hoping that over time it builds up sediment as it's trapping it and making this gully less deep, raise the surface of the land, more surface area for the water is more space for it to spread out, infiltrate into the soil, give water to plants that need it. So we're seeing a fallen uh, eucalyptus. Did that fall on its own there? So yeah, let's yeah let's get a good look at that one. That there were some eucalyptus. Um, they're really tall trees, right? So when we have storms and stuff, um, they they fall. And this this one right here did fall. It was already falling down. So. You can sort of see that one next to it. You can see a, a cut in it. That one is now in the gully as a level log. Uh -huh. So that one was really, really close by. Didn't have to travel too far at all for that one. Was able to make some cuts up there. Use an excavator pulling it down into the gully. Really interesting 
I mean, like comparison, you see the roots exposed just up the gully of the oaks holding it down. And then you see this giant eucalyptus down, but you get to use the resources that are here, right? Totally. To kind of help the, the land or, or, you know, this particular issue problem yeah i'm glad you brought that up too like that's huge just using the resources that are already on the land it's sort of been coined uh this movement i guess of people doing restoration um, process-based restoration a lot of it is taking natural materials locally sourced from the land and using that to do things like this like build sort of structures to stop erosion pond water like we'll see down there Ooh. and this right here we can actually this is where we sort of enter the goalie if we can sort of get a closer look at it so let's let's do it we can see sort of some of the action that's been happening um, and going back to i guess that term uh, process-based restoration we're trying to do restoration by restoring processes. So in this case, we are trying to flood the land, spread the water out, and I guess a natural process for that. One particular animal that does that is beavers. They build dams to flood, flood the land. And that's a process that has many great functions as far as recharging groundwater, creating wetland buffers, which can be great for things such as wildfire. Um, and yeah, that's just a little, little more on process-based restoration and what, what the purpose of that is and yeah. Beavers are amazing. You know, they used to be all throughout California. Recently, there's been some movement around beavers. You know, you got the slow beaver brigade. It's a group that's advocating for beavers. And locally, you know, we have beavers in the Salinas River. Our students at Hall actually uh, recently did an activity around beavers. They learned about how they are ecosystem engineers. They themselves build a prototype of a dam and obviously learned about all their impact and how they help. So hopefully we have some movement locally and help some beavers out. Bueno. Back to the story. Where we're looking right now, it's like, this is kind of crazy to me already. You can sort of see, you see these piles of sediment in between the log jam structures. A lot of that sediment is, is new. We haven't had a ton of rain, so I suspect it's gonna be more dramatic as more rain keeps coming. Which will be soon. Tonight, yeah, tonight even. Like, But uh, there's also that influence from surface runoff. Um, we have agriculture uh, runoff coming through here, so I'm sure some water's been coming from that. But yeah, it looks like sediment has been building up already. These logs have been making sure that catching that sediment, pulling some of it back, versus it running straight through the channel and into this into the Elkhorn Slough. It's very cool to see the fruits of your labor, Cameron and Land Team. I asked Cameron what makes this place special. Um, what we have in front of us right now is an incredible view of the Elkhorn Slough. It's sort of this cathedral setting with uh, coast live oak creating arches around the slough. It's very beautiful. Now at this point, 
were walking down towards the bottom of the property towards the slough and Cameron sees something he was not expecting. So check out his reaction. This is, this is a huge change. Um, so what we're looking at right now is uh, pretty much a pond of water. Um, it looks like it's maybe two, two and a half to three feet, feet deep. There's one of our log jam structures at the top of where the pond starts and also at the bottom of where the pond starts. And what this looked like before was pretty much just an incised channel that takes a turn that way and continues going downhill towards the slough. Um, and this is exactly what we were hoping for. Ponding water, it's not, it's like hardly moving at all right here. Um, it's moving at a very slow pace, if anything, and it's spread out super wide surface area allows it to percolate into that aquifer um, and also water plants along the way and it, yeah it looks really beautiful hopefully hopefully the amphibians and insects think the same and we'll we'll start hanging out here critical wildlife habitat just because it's being flanked on the top by you know highway one is really close close by to this property um, so it's, it's an important sort of refuge for them. Um, and just around the slough, yeah, it's a good, good wildlife buffer. I was just curious, like, again, what brought you to Elkhorn Slough? The Elkhorn Slough, it's, it is a community. There's a lot of really amazing people here. I first got my start here working for California Department of Fish and Wildlife, helping with education programs. So that was, yeah, a lot of fun and got to meet a real, really cool people and see what the community is like. And yeah, I'm just super glad I can be a part of it and help and feel super lucky to be out on this beautiful land almost every day um, at this point. And it hasn't been super long, you know, and I could see down the line, just it continues to blossom. I feel like I'm like a student in a way of this land, like there's so much to learn from it. And also the people who work here, you know, my colleagues have taught me so much in such a short span of time, it seems like, and pretty, pretty grateful for that. I feel the same way, Cameron. Everybody here is willing to share so much of their knowledge and experience with anybody that wants to learn. So that includes you, Cameron. So thank you. Here's more. Yeah, this is actually at the foot of what we were calling the plunge pool to our left here. Um, it's very deep, and this was uh, another part of the restoration of the gully was to um, stack some woody debris. Here we have some really, some of our largest eucalyptus sort of cuttings. Like this is the from the trunk of a fallen eucalyptus that's probably four to five yeah feet in diameter it's really big tree could be over 100 years old um, and it was falling down and we were able to cut it and move it here sort of stack stack it up sort of like a staircase um, but like it's a circular head cut so it's we tried to to sort of hug the walls of it so that when the water comes out instead of creating like a waterfall and scouring all the sediment, making the head cut 
uh, larger. Um, it would hit the woody debris and sort of trickle it down, let it down easy. Um, just above us here is the pond um, we were discussing earlier uh, where water is spread out and ponding. And as we look below us here, the water is continuing to flow. There's a slow trickle coming through. It's overflowing the pond and then flowing to this large plunge pool where we've stacked woody debris um, to dissipate some of that energy. And yeah, you can actually hear some, some water flowing down there. Um, we can see it too. And yeah, it's making its way towards Elkhorn Slough. With all of it, we got some lupin. Yeah, that's Woo! awesome. That's amazing. Wow, that was, this was not here. This was a blackberry and poison oak thicket before. So there's lupin somewhere in the seed bank here. That's incredible. That's awesome. Well, now there's more sunlight coming in, right? So much more sunlight and lupin loves disturbed areas with full exposure to sun. So that's really cool. I gotta take some photos of that and send it, send it out and let, let people know, yeah. I love these little moments of joy because that's hope. Thank you all for listening. Um, thank you all for your continued support. For all of you who signed up for our spring events, I'm so looking forward to seeing you soon. More events to come. If you didn't get a chance to sign up for one, don't worry. We'll, we'll have more events uh, coming up. Thank you, Cameron, for joining us and sharing this story to the land team for all your hard work and dedication. Bueno, nos vemos y adiós.